the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. If we look to the answer as to why for so many years we achieved so much, prospered as no other people on earth, it was because here in this land we unleashed the energy and individual genius of man to a greater extent than has ever been done before. Those who say that we're in a time when there are no heroes, they just don't know where to look. The sloping hills of Arlington National Cemetery, with its row upon row of simple white markers, bearing crosses or stars of David, they add up to only a tiny fraction of the price that has been paid for our freedom. As for the enemies of freedom, those who are potential adversaries, they will be reminded that peace is the highest aspiration of the American people. We will negotiate for it, sacrifice for it. We will not surrender for it now or ever. We are Americans. This is the Bob France Authority on AM 1420. The answer. Yes, indeed it is, and a good morning to you. Thank you for joining us as we get moving this morning at 7 minutes after the hour of 9 o'clock on a Thursday, the 19th morning of the ninth month of the year of our Lord, 2019. Coming up in about 25 minutes is what we'll call it. We're going to talk with uh, one of the women of the hour, if I may, uh, women of the week, perhaps, co-author of an extraordinarily important book that... Uh, that is uh, getting a lot more juice now than maybe it did even when it was released. It is number one on the bestseller list, despite having been uh, out for two months now. Justice on Trial, the Kavanaugh Confirmation, and the Future of the Supreme Court, co-written by Molly Hemingway and Carrie Severino. Carrie Severino will be joining me in about 25 minutes. Very much looking forward to that conversation. I'm pointing out the book sales because it's important. The new book by the New York Times writers that has set into motion all of these calls for the impeachment of Brett Kavanaugh. It started the witch hunt all over again on Monday. The piece that ran in the New York Times, which was excerpted from the book, is called The Education of Brett Kavanaugh, an Investigation. This is by the New York Times writers, Robin Pogrebin and Kate Kelly. It is brand new. It is the new flavor of the day. It is and should be on the top of the bestseller list. It is not. It is being outsold by a very healthy margin by a book that's two months old, that has been on the market. You know how it's, when a blockbuster new movie comes out, it's number one right away uh, for the weekend. Maybe if it's a real killer, it's uh, number one for two weekends in a row. Eventually, after two, three, four weeks, new movies are coming out, and it's knocking it down to second, third, fourth, fifth, et cetera, et cetera, right? That's just how these things go. Same thing with books. Yet the brand-new blockbuster, The Education of Brett Kavanaugh, that has set the entirety of Washington, D.C. aflame, 
is trailing a book that has been out, a blockbuster, if you will, that has been out for two months by a healthy margin, justice on trial, the Kavanaugh confirmation in the future of the Supreme Court. Molly Hemingway and Kerry Severino have just been doing yeoman's duty, uh, honestly, carrying the load and speaking truth about everything that is being done to Brett Kavanaugh, about all of the dishonesty of the quote-unquote witnesses, looking back not only at what happened last fall and trying to remind everybody, but also correcting the gross errors, intentional or otherwise, by the New York Times when it comes to uh, promoting this book, putting its op-ed in, and trying to smear Brett Kavanaugh as being a sexual predator. So this is huge, and Kerry Severino joining us is going to be huge as well. That'll be in about 25 minutes. By the way, the New York Times clearly still does not even understand what it did wrong. That's something that David French, again, It's important to point out whenever I tell you about David French's work, this is a never-Trumper. David French is a senior writer for National Review, senior fellow at the National Review Institute, colleague in that regard of uh, Peter Kersenow, our friend, and a veteran of Operation Iraqi Freedom, but he's a never-Trumper. And despite his never-Trump status, he is defending Trump's Supreme Court justice appointment, uh, Brett Kavanaugh. He could be silent about this, but uh, he, you know, it's just important to know that this isn't somebody that is partisan in any way. Uh, again, he does not like Donald Trump, but he does like the truth here. And uh, he's writing about the New York Times that still does not understand what it did wrong. And that part is clear. I'm going to share some of what David French wrote with you in just a short while. Also, uh, as it pertains to the uh, uh, Brett Kavanaugh story, Somehow, some way, the New York Times and the two writers are finding a way to blame the Fox, uh, blame Fox News for their screw ups, for their um, neglecting of putting the very important fact into their story about the about uh, Brett Kavanaugh and this new allegation that the new quote-unquote victim has no recollection of anything they're talking about whatsoever, according to her friends. And that's why she won't step forward to be interviewed for this, because she's got nothing to say. She doesn't remember anything happening to her. A pretty important piece of the story that they left out. Somehow, this is Fox News' fault, and this is crazy. Town Hall reporting on this, the only word that can be used to describe from the fallout, describe the fallout from the Times botched Kavanaugh story is pathetic. The Times Robin Pogribin and Kate Kelly decided to write a book attacking Kavanaugh, trying to reveal all the allegations lobbed at the sitting Supreme Court justice were true. Not the case. In fact, it's a worthless book, but they did supposedly have some bombshell about a new accuser who alleged that Kavanaugh shoved his private parts in front of her, like Deborah Ramirez alleged during a college party at Yale. Ramirez's story was part of the Democrat media complex's coordinated political hit piece against Kavanaugh during the confirmation process over about a year ago. Yet there's a problem. This supposed new accuser doesn't remember this ever happening any more than Ramirez did. So it's nothing. it's a nothing burger. The Times added that portion... Uh, made a note and totally changed the entire story. But uh, Pogrebin and Kelly blamed their editors. Then they attacked the left's favorite target, Fox News. This is what they're saying, quote, The Times did not, in fact, correct anything. To make a correction to a story indicates something was factually wrong. The newspaper did not acknowledge anything of this sort. Instead, the Times story, based on a forthcoming book Pogrebin and Kelly are writing about the Kavanaugh allegations, was updated to say that friends of the student who may have been assaulted uh, 
say she does not remember the alleged incident. And I'm going to pause there and say, how stupid do these people think we are? I know we're just a bunch of rednecks in flyover country clinging to our guns and our Bibles, uh, wearing our MAGA hats, only in, in polite company, of course, because we don't want to be assaulted by the quote-unquote tolerant left by wearing them in public places. But we're not stupid, all right? You don't think that we know that a correction doesn't necessarily mean uh, uh, changing something that was stated, but a correction can also mean including something that was intentionally left out to change the story? Seriously. I mean, this isn't even just a context issue. Leaving this out intentionally, that the alleged victim victim has nothing to say because her friends report that she knows nothing about it. She was not traumatized. She can't remember a thing ever happening to her. You don't call that a correction? That is absolutely a correction. So to the hacks, let's let's just be clear about that. But now let's get to the point where they somehow find a way to blame Fox News for their writer's book and their own op-ed excerpting the book for the New York Times this past weekend? Here's the relevant passage of the Times piece with the clause that was added in the second version in bold. Quote, We also uncovered a previously unreported story about Mr. Kavanaugh in his freshman year that echoes Ms. Ramirez's allegation. A classmate, Max Steyer, and I'll pause here to remind you, this is the Clinton lawyer, Clinton loyalist, and lawyer who was on Bill Clinton's defense team during the Monica Lewinsky scandal and was directly opposed by Brett Kavanaugh, who worked on the Ken Starr special uh, uh, special prosecutor's investigative team. <laughs> so Max Steyer, with no, no, no conflict of interest at all, saw Mr. Kavanaugh with his pants down at a different drunken dorm party where his friends pushed his private parts uh, down at a drunken, a different drunken dorm party, or excuse me, uh, down into the hand of a, a female student, Mr. Steyer, who runs a nonprofit organization in Washington. Again, you notice how they don't describe who he really is, a Clinton loyalist. Notified senators and the FBI about this account, but the FBI did not investigate, and Mr. Steyer has declined to discuss it publicly. We corroborated the story with two officials who have communicated with Mr. Steyer. So in other words, two people that Steyer told, told us what Steyer said. That's not corroboration. That's just the same guys making the same statement. The female student declined to be interviewed, and friends say she does not recall the incident. That's a direct quote. So to be clear... Again, as Town Hall notes, the change is a significant one. If the student doesn't recall it, the accusation that Kavanaugh and others may have assaulted her is arguably weaker than if she did recall something. But contrary to what Fox News would have you believe, they write, the change to the time story does not prove that the alleged incident doesn't happen. Yes, it does. Fox News did not misreport this. You, at the fake news paper of record, the old gray lady, the Democrat rag, the New York Times, absolutely did misreport this story. Fox News corrected you and pointed out your omission, your neglect of even moderate journalistic standards, let alone the highest journalistic standards, which the paper of record should be held to. They want to blame Fox News for uh, presenting the truth that you intentionally tried to hide? 
if this were a court of law, and for the sake of these ridiculous charges, it is. This will never see the inside of a courtroom. Ever. First of all, there's no criminal charge. Second of all, there's no civil suit, because if there was a civil suit, these accusers would have to prove what was done by by a preponderance of the evidence. And since they can't even say they remember it ever happening, it would never a judge would dismiss this in, in seconds. So since there is no court of law officially that is going to decide these these allegations and guilt or innocence, then we have to do this in the court of public opinion. And in the court of public opinion we will rely on the same standards as the court of law. If you don't have a victim who can make a complaint because this victim has no memory whatsoever of something happening, then you don't have a charge, much less a conviction. This is a massive story, especially when we can talk about Ramirez and Christine Blasey Ford and Julie Swetnick, the latter of which was dismissed outright for being as totally outrageous as the others. And she pretty much recanted the entire allegation because it was trash. But Ford and Ramirez have zero corroborating witnesses. If you recall from a year ago, in this ridiculous witch hunt against Brett Kavanaugh, which was a way of getting to Donald Trump, Leland Kaiser was the star witness for Christine Blase Ford. Leland Kaiser now says she didn't believe that at all. She was bullied into revising her remarks remarks by liberals because they didn't sufficiently back up the former uh, uh, the uh, Christine Blase Ford's account that Kavanaugh tried to rape her or did rape her in high school. Joseph says Ford's account made no sense. This is Christine Blase Ford, the good doctor with the courage to come forward in the Me Too movement. Her friend was her only quote-unquote witness, and her friend Leland Kaiser says it makes no sense. She doesn't believe it. It makes no sense. She wasn't the only one who thought that, by the way. Anyone with a cognitive function knew Ford's account was sloppy at best, let alone uh, sharp enough for conviction in the court of public opinion. This isn't Fox News is doing. This is the New York Times trying to get the Kavanaugh impeachment circus going and failing in the effort to do that. It was a Hail Mary as all this was, and it was knocked down at the goal line. Kavanaugh is on the court. Trump is still president. They can't deal with it. They need to. Kerry Severino is one of the co-authors of one of the most important books on this, and we will talk with her. It's called Justice on Trial, the Kavanaugh Confirmation, and the Future of the Supreme Court. She'll join us at 935. For now, it's 920. Let's get a quick time out and come right back on AM 1420, The Answer. Change, change, change. WHKRadio.com is where to find the Bob France Authority podcast. All right, 926, now the Bob France Authority continuing on AM 1420, The Answer. By the way, the other huge story of the day, and maybe the bigger one, of course, the uh, Trump administration is confirming that the attack on the Saudi oil refineries was approved by Iran's supreme leader. Mike Pompeo, 
uh, Secretary of State confirmed this yesterday, and now all of Washington is um, wondering, what will the response be? There must be a response. We just don't know what that's going to be. President Trump said he is in no rush to respond, but something must be done. Otherwise, the Iranians are emboldened. If they can attack uh, part of the world's oil supply by attacking two huge refineries in Saudi Arabia, Lord only knows what else they are prepared to do. Uh, Lindsey Graham is among those who said a strike is going to be necessary. We'll cover that coming up in just a bit. Let me get a call in here before the bottom of the hour, though, from Jim in West Park, who wants to talk about this uh, Brett Kavanaugh story and the ongoing lies from the New York Times. Hey, uh, Jim, go ahead, sir. Yes, yes. The other day, uh, a couple days ago, Seth Gorka was talking to Molly uh, Hemmings about this book. And uh, she said, I'm just, what can I do? I'm just a journalist. Uh, and, and he goes, you're not a journalist. And he goes, she goes, yes, I am. Well, we've got to come up with a new name for you then. So he opened the lines up, and nobody called in for a, a, another name for, for her. And I got up one, and I couldn't get in. And you know me, not with any devices at all. Right. A news media truther. So you can start, tell that to Seth. Or, you know, Seb, Seb, I, Seb. Yes, they call him Seb. Seb. He's Sebastian. Oh, Seb. Doctor. Yeah. Dr. Gorka. That's a better way to say it, yeah. The news, um, news media truther. But I don't like that, Jim, and I'll tell you why. It's not personal, but but let me just explain why. When we, we hear truther, um, it, it's, it, it has a connotation of, of a conspiracy theorist. People who called a 9-11 an inside job, the nut jobs they are, are called 9-11 truthers. Uh, that's why they kind of altered it to those, including President Trump, who said Barack Obama's not an American citizen. He was born in Kenya. They called him a birther. Birthers and truthers kind of tend to, to give a connotation of fake news conspiracy theorists. So I don't know if, I don't know if Dr. Gorka would like that. I don't know if, uh, Molly Hemingway would like that either to be called a news truther because it's kind of well, has a negative connotation. I had heard that, um, he lied on his college transcripts and said that he was born in Kenya. Because he wanted a free education, and that's where that came from. It was yeah, I, 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 well. I don't know if he actually did lie or not. Because the one thing you don't get to be to the the level of where Barack Obama got without being able to cover some tracks, um, you know. Because there, so there's his transcripts, yearbooks. Uh, there were so many things from his college years, and including, as you pointed out, his uh, you know his applications. Um, all of those things have been buried and hidden, and and you, you, like I said, you you don't get to be the president, you don't get to be where he got without being able to to cover some tracks there. So well, I don't think we'll ever know the truth about that stuff. But as it stands, though, my for our purposes, Jim, you know, calling him you know a, a non citizen, saying you have a belief in this or proof of that when we don't, it makes you a quote unquote birther, and that's why that kind of thing got got bad. It doesn't matter if he was born on the planet Jupiter. His mother was a U.S. citizen. It doesn't matter. His mother was a U.S. citizen, and her uncle or father was a CIA operative, anti-Shea. Okay, well, so no, no, I, I understand. Yeah, no, I do understand. And I don't want to get too far off the track of your original point about Molly Hemingway. I'm sure she would appreciate being called a truther because of how you mean it, which is she tells the truth. Not in the way that we call nine eleven truthers the conspiracy nuts that way. So I know you meant it, meant it in a positive way, and she would appreciate that. So do I. Uh, Nine thirty. Uh, we're coming back with Carrie Severino, the co-author of the uh, book with Molly Hemingway that tells the truth 
about Brett Kavanaugh and the witch hunt against him. That's coming up next. Dot com. Nine thirty-five. Onward we roll on the Bob France Authority. Good morning to you. Thank you so much for being with us. All right, I kind of laid the groundwork a little bit last segment. Um, And I'm really going to underscore Carrie Severino's pinned tweet from way back in July about Publishers Weekly being the gold standard of bestseller list because unlike the New York Times bestseller list, it actually is based on sales numbers. And Justice on Trial, the book by Molly Molly Hemingway and Carrie Severino, The Kavanaugh Confirmation and the Future of the Supreme Court, is number one and is still number one, despite the hatchet job by the New York Times writers being released just this weekend. That is an amazing uh, part of this story. Carrie Severino, co-author, joins us now on AM 1420, The Answer. Carrie, first of all, congratulations on the amazing success of your book. Thanks for joining us. How are you? It's great to be here. What I was describing this before, you, you tweeted about this, the fact that um, your book is, has been out for over two months, and this new, you know, the new hotness is the New York Times book, The uh, Education of Brett Kavanaugh. It's kind of like a blockbuster movie. It's always going to be number one for the first two or three weeks before something else comes out and, and bumps it down. But that's not the case in this case. This brand new book isn't even number one now. Your book, yours and Molly's books, which, which book which uh, tells the truth here, continues to gain more traction. That's got to make you feel very proud. Yeah, in fact, I think actually we, we should thank Robin Pogerbin and Kay Kelly because I think a lot of our book sales are people wanting to fact check their book, realizing that they've left things out, they've, they've misconstrued things, sometimes they tell only half the story. Um, so, uh, it's it's really gratifying. There's still a lot of interest, and I think people should want to know the real story of what happened because you don't always get it um, from other places. We wanted to make sure we had talked to everyone. I mean, we talked to the president, the vice president, Supreme Court justices, senators, the people who knew the Kavanaugh's and the Blondies, to over 100 people, because it's important to have that full story because we knew people would be coming along with a revisionist history, and lo and behold, we have one uh, already. Let's talk, Carrie, about journalistic standards and practices. You know, it's it, it would seem to be that the most basic thing that you, you have to do is not just get it right, but tell the entire story without neglecting or holding back a very important parts of a story. That's basic journalistic standards. And we're talking about the New York Times, the paper of record, the historic gray lady, et cetera, et cetera. You would think they should be held to even the highest standard. And how far below that that they landed when they tried to push this piece in the paper last week celebrating this book without telling the truth about the alleged new wit, uh, new victim, rather, who has no recollection of anything. Uh, yeah, I mean, there's, there's multiple layers to it. One is that they, they went out... Um, but it, it sounds like a blockbuster only when you leave out the part about, well, yeah, the woman involved actually says she doesn't remember it, or the woman allegedly involved, like, I don't even think the thing happened. And the man that was telling this story, turns out he was a working for Bill Clinton during the Whitewater investigation. That's exactly when Brett Kavanaugh was working for Ken Starr. So these guys go way back. And the way they present him is, oh, he's a respected thought leader in Washington. He's just neutral, nonpartisan guy. Hey, folks, that, you know, the, the way you try to credential someone in the book makes it seem like that has, he has no motive to uh, tell the story when obviously there is one. On top of which, they did even have some interesting new information that both Molly and I talked about Leland Kaiser, Christine Blasey Ford's friend, 
who came to really doubt her story. So this is someone, she's a liberal woman, she's a friend of Blasey Ford, but she could not support her because she was named at being this party. She says, I don't remember it, and frankly, it doesn't sound like any of the parties we went to. Well, they actually got fresh new quotes from her. So you know what? That would have been blockbuster information to share. They have more details than we even had about the way she was being pressured and almost blackmailed to try to change her story, where there were friends saying, hey, if she won't change the story, maybe we need to publicize stuff about her past history with uh, addictions and things. And, you know, that is a real, uh, real piece of news. So if they were just mutually interested in how do we, uh, how do we plug this book with the exciting news we found, they would be focusing on that. No one wants to talk about that. They'd rather talk about a story that, that doesn't even make sense and it is, and it uh, already has the woman involved basically refuting it. We are talking with Carrie Severino, the co-author of uh, an extremely important book. Uh, it's The Justice on Trial, The Kavanaugh Confirmation, and The Future of the Supreme Court, which, uh, you're right, I think they are looking at your book to fact-check all of the nonsense in the education of Brett Kavanaugh uh, by the two, two uh, New York Times writers. Now, you, you mentioned... Um, the the fact that the uh, uh, Christine Blasey Ford friend has kind of recanted, essentially said, I was bullied, I was pushed, prodded by liberals into testifying and saying things that she says she doesn't really believe, she doesn't really trust her friend's story, saying it doesn't make a whole lot of sense. And you correctly point out that these authors have new information and updated information, but what they don't have is the same goal that you and Molly had, which is the truth. You wanted to tell the truth about the Brett Kavanaugh uh, uh, Yale years, and they wanted to get him and they wanted to get Donald Trump, so the new information was counterproductive. Uh, yeah, and it's, it's kind of like when we talk about tell the whole truth and nothing but the truth. This is my telling the whole truth is important. You can't just tell one side of the story and say people say this, 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 but then forget the fact that there's people on the other side saying something different. Here, Leland Kaiser's story really undercuts uh, Christine Blasey Ford's uh, testimony herself, and it, it's just fascinating to see how she has shifted, uh, you know, in, in, in the force of so many friends trying to say, oh, we've got it, we've got to help Christine uh, at all costs. But there's the fact that she doesn't remember anything like this, that she says this is nothing like what their summer was like, if you were really just looking at the truth, for the truth would be valuable. And, if, and you know, the end of this new book is, I think, one of the most galling sections where they kind of have a summing up at the end, well, what do we know, what don't we know? And they acknowledge we don't have any witnesses of these allegations. We don't have any new corroboration. But we're going with our gut, and our gut says that he did this. That and you is egregious. You are journalists, folks. Not you know, it's, it's crazy. Yeah, that, that's a great point. They're essentially saying we don't have any proof, but we're going with our gut, which means this is our opinion. And, and but yet this isn't you know this mm-hmm. book is not going to be in the fiction section, which it ought to be. Oh, no, um, that's right. Yeah, that, that, I mean, if you're, if you really, I mean, if that's what you're going to revert to is this is just what we feel, then this is now not factual. It is not, uh, you know, fact based. It is fiction. Um, it's not just your book that people are looking to for fact checking their work. Rob, Robin, uh, Pogerbin and Kate Kelly, if we can call it work. Um, 
Twitter. Uh, I, I am such a, you know, I, I despise Twitter for a billion different reasons. It is, you know, I use it. I try to make use of it as others do. In this case, it was essential to getting some of the truth out there. Molly and you together using your work, using your research took this entire thing apart. If it had not been for you two tweeting what the New York Times left out of their story over the weekend, which excerpted the book, I don't know that the truth would be coming out right now. This is extraordinarily important work you're still doing. Yeah, and that's a scary thing, because the book just came out on Tuesday. The story that they had was out on Saturday. So if we, if Molly and I had not been able to secure early copies, speed read it like crazy over the weekend and be able to be out there fact-checking it, we would have been for days thinking that, uh, that 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 was reflecting the actual story. And then we'd be going, okay, what is this allegation? That's that is the, such the, the thing that's so dangerous about way, the way these stories have been rolled out. You roll out with a with a superficial headline that sounds splashy, that sounds sensational, and everyone goes, "Oh my gosh, there's something there." And when you scratch just the surface, you start to realize, "Oh, there isn't anything there." But it's too late. The damage is done. So everyone's already going all going around. People read the first story. They don't read. You know, 24 hours later, they get around to putting in the correction and a footnote at the end. And so there's a lot of people who are just going to assume the first thing they read is the full story. And that, that is a real tragedy. This is why, and I really think that, that the ultimate goal is really just um, threatening the judges on the Supreme Court, in particular Justice Kavanaugh, but I, I think the other justices as well, the, the idea of saying, hey, you might be on the court for life, but we can still smear you, we can still destroy your reputation, and there doesn't even have to be fact behind it because we put it out, one day, and then we go back, you know, a few days later, and, oh, I'm so sorry, I think maybe he just, you know, edit that slightly. It, it, it does, it shouldn't work that way. And to have have them doing it to a sitting Supreme Court justice, I think in an effort to, as, as Christine Blasey Ford's own lawyer said, put an asterisk next to his name. They want him to, his vote to not really count because they disagree with it, ultimately. Carrie Severino is the author, along with Molly Hemingway, of Justice on Trial, the Kavanaugh Confirmation, and the Future of the Supreme Court. I want to go to one of the other um, allegations, if you will, in kind of a recounting of the Deborah Ramirez allegation in the book as well. So they say there's this new accuser that experienced a very, very similar thing to what Deborah Ramirez uh, accused him of last fall. And one of the things that they say is there are now seven people that were, quote, aware of the pre-existing charge of uh, Brett Kavanaugh dropping his pants and thrusting himself, his private parts, in some capacity at Deborah Ramirez. So they say that there are seven people here, and this is something that previously was not investigated by the FBI, so it gives more credibility to Deborah Ramirez's allegation. Uh, Byron York did some great work, and I know you've tweeted about that as well, uh, explaining the, the reality of those seven people. Can you summarize that? Yeah, this is another thing where they, they put it out there like, oh, wow, seven people corroborate this. But if you scratch even slightly beneath it, you see most of them don't have, have no, have, certainly none of them witnessed it. And most of them, it was something that happened years later. For example, they say even her mother can corroborate this. What happened is later in her time at Yale, it sounds like it wasn't even still her freshman year, she said to her mother, she was really upset because something happened at Yale. Now, is is that corroborating Brett Kavanaugh put his generals in my face? No. Uh, she, all, all her mother knows is something happened at Yale. So that, that, doesn't, that doesn't count as, oh, yeah, someone else heard about this story. Several of them is people who heard third hand. Two people that they, she counts among the seven 
it was only, oh, well, but we, we thought that something at some point had happened to Debbie. Not even something like this, just something seemed, seemed off with Debbie, maybe something had happened to her. Well, that could have been a, a whole host of things. That doesn't do anything to suggest that Kavanaugh himself did something to her. So to call those witnesses, you know, if, if we were in a, obviously we're not in a court of law, but it's the same kind of principles of justice. You were in court and, I, and you said, you know, yeah, that guy always seemed kind of fishy to me. They're not going to admit that as evidence. If they said, yeah, it seems like, you know, she was having an off year that year. Well, oh, therefore you, you know, committed some crime against her. No, that's, that's not how it works. So that is absolutely not, uh, does not qualify as corroboration uh, in a legal sense. It doesn't qualify in a journalistic sense, really, either, and I think they know it. You made the very same comparison I did before, uh, talking about how quickly this would be thrown out of a court of law, whether it was a criminal charge or even just a civil case being brought by any of these people against uh, against Brett Kavanaugh, because there is literally no evidence and literally no eyewitnesses, just a whole bunch of second and third hand hearsay. So we don't have a court of law, but even in the court of public opinion, which is where we have to try this, it just simply falls apart. And now they, uh, the the authors and the writers of that piece, they they essentially are saying, well. If this was misrepresented, it wasn't our fault. It was our editor's fault. In fact, they've taken over the last few days the opportunity to blame the editors and also to blame Fox News, claiming that unlike what Fox (laughs) News said, the Times did not make a correction. They simply added something that wasn't there before. Carrie, you're a journalist. Is there a difference? They, they, They were adding something to make the story more correct. So in that sense, it was a correction. But look, yeah, that's exactly right. nitpicking detail this this is what you do when you when you realize you've lost the actual argument right first of all in terms of blaming their editors that you know your name is on the article the editor sends it that I, I i don't know i've never published with the new york times but let me tell you in every other place i've published they'll if they make edits they send it back to you because it's ultimately your name on the piece now maybe they skimmed it maybe they didn't properly edit their own piece afterwards but that's ultimately on you now the editors shouldn't have taken that out for sure um so so it, it may be their fault as well, because they knew there was this kind of evidence, and they decided to cut it out because word links are something absurd. You, you, you can't cut out important facts like that. Um, but on, on top of which, they have continued to go out and tell the same story themselves. Molly uh, found and tweeted out a great NPR interview that uh, that Robin, Pogerbin, and Kate Kelly were talking about. They tell the same story. Do they mention the woman doesn't remember it? No. And you cannot blame that live interview on the radio on... Um, their editor. And in fact, I think the NPR went back and corrected that too. Whether you want to call it a correction, an update, a, whatever you call it, they had to fix the story because uh, they did not tell the whole truth. Carrie Severino is our guest. Again, she is the co-author uh, with Molly, uh, Molly Hemingway of Justice on Trial, the Kavanaugh Confirmation, and the Future of the Supreme Court. A uh, book came out in uh, July. It is uh, selling probably better now than it did then, and it continues to be number one on the real bestseller list because people do want the truth. Uh, real quick on the political side of this, um, almost immediately after the Saturday New York Times uh, piece ran with its uh, absence of those that very important information, Every member, I think except Joe Biden, I think every member of what I call the cesspool of candidates for the Democrat nomination said impeachment him. He must be impeached. We've got to start this now. All this new information uh, really proves that he lied under oath. Since you 
and Molly uh, have taken to Twitter, social media, even she's uh, written a new column for the Federalist as well, and are doing interviews. I haven't heard that as much. I know Ayanna Presley in the House has uh, said that she wants to introduce uh, an impeachment article against Brett Kavanaugh, but I haven't heard the presidential candidates following up on their impeach Kavanaugh story since you guys started revealing, revealing the truth. Do you think this will die a, a uh, you know very quick death because they realize now they have nothing? Look, it, it was it was a ridiculous thing to say they would impeach him over it in the first place, even if they believed her story. It's, it's clearly just political posturing. You you constitutionally cannot impeach someone for something they did in college. It has to be something they did after they were confirmed. So it's a ludicrous proposition in the first place. And I think now they look really silly and thought to be embarrassed because they all went down this, you know, just screaming their heads off about something that it turns out uh, not really true. So... They, now I think they're just trying to find a way to save space and not, uh, they don't want to have to admit that, yeah, no, we maybe don't want to impeach him. But they also, I don't think, want to go further down that road because I don't think they want to be ridiculed for it. Um, but there are, that doesn't, hasn't stopped everyone from talking about impeachment. I think what they, what they really are frustrated about is that Trump won the 2016 election, that they didn't have the vote to block Kavanaugh's confirmation. They're really frustrated about what ultimately was the choice of the American people not to go down their radical path, and they're just trying to find some other way to relitigate these issues that have, frankly, already been decided. Kira, I know authors don't generally do tit-for-tat with books, maybe with columns and journalistic pieces in newspapers, but I'm wondering if there isn't a follow-up book here in order from you and from Molly, or at least maybe a re-release of Justice for, for All, and, or excuse me, of uh, Justice on Trial, re-release that with an additional chapter or updating uh, the new information or something like that. Is that possible, or are you just going to let your old work stay? Oh, yeah. Well, Molly and I have been, since the day we, we turned in the final copy, have been collecting, because there's, there's Really, lots of interesting new stuff that we have learned. Some that we published, like the uh, the letter from Ralph Blasey, Christine's father, to Ed Kavanaugh, saying, "I'm glad Brett was confirmed." We thought that was a pretty big deal. Uh, we could we knew about it at the time of the book, but we couldn't pin it down because, unlike some you know quote journalists, we wanted to make sure we had it sourced well. <laughs> we didn't want to go on hearsay evidence. And so we wrote, we wrote about that lately. But I think if we can, if we do go to a paperback version, I'm sure we'll have a follow-up chapter on all of this, on you know what prison Michael Avenatti is being kept in now, <laughs> all of the rollout of the uh, the follow-up on what's happened. Well, I'll tell you what, uh, President Trump likes to call the mainstream media, the fake news media, the enemy of the people, and I think he's right. But thankfully, we have friends of the people like you correcting the record here and uh, some of the unbelievably, again, I won't even call it shoddy journalism. I think a lot of people are saying journalistic malpractice is probably more accurate being mm-hmm. uh, put forth by the Times here. And uh, thank you and Molly for doing real journalism here and doing the work of the people. It's really appreciated. Thanks so much. Thank you for joining us. Carrie Severino, co-author. You need to get that book. It's Justice on Trial, the Kavanaugh Confirmation and the Future of the Supreme Court. If you have not read it yet, now is the time. Get that book. All right, it's 9.53. We'll take a quick time out. Come back on AM 1420, The Answer. Now heard through downtown, through greater Cleveland, on 102.5 FM. It's the Bob France Authority. All right, 9.58 short segment here, obviously, before the top of the hour. Thanks again to Carrie Severino. This, uh, 
I really meant what I said to her at the end. This this is this is dangerous. This is really really dangerous. What the uh, left is trying to do by way of their uh, their their personal water carriers in the mainstream press, the New York Times, the New York Times intentionally ran a piece on Saturday that made it appear as though Brett Kavanaugh did lie before the. Uh, Senate during his uh, his confirmation hearings that he did perjure himself and that he has done terrible things that have not yet been uh, uncovered and that they are now uncovering them. This is new information. They ran that piece knowing that any correction they might be forced to run later would never reach as many people as the hit job itself. That's the problem with all of these, oh, well, sorry, we didn't mean to do this. We didn't mean to get that wrong. We didn't mean to leave that out. Here's the rest. Because it, you know, the apology never reaches as many people as the crime. The truth never reaches as many people as the original lie. That's just the way that it goes. There's an old adage about a lie makes its way halfway around the world before the truth even gets its pants on. Um, and that's what happens here. It's very dangerous, and the only way to combat this type of misinformation, this intentional, you know, yellow journalism, if you will, is to uh, have people like Molly Hemingway and Carrie Severino and others uh, go as public, as loud, and as long as they can, as long as their energy will allow them to, uh, to tell the truth. And that's what we're doing. And I and I apologize if I've been a little bit over. Um, uh, you know, a little bit redundant on this story over the course of this week, but I really find it that important, not just for Brett Kavanaugh, not just for Donald Trump, honestly, but for all of us. It really matters that much. All right, Kerry Severino to Dr. Everett Piper, who will join us after the news, which is now on. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.